whatever name that we go to, and I think it probably makes sense to look at a new name, as long as we make sure that it's communicated well and it is, you know, people understand a little bit of that, and there is some sort of, uh, uh, yeah, I think that as long as people understand that connection, I think it's okay. This is another episode of a special series called Enough for All of the podcast Walk, Talk, Listen. This series sheds light on 75 years of an NGO called CWS. My name is Mirit Bloom and I welcome you to another episode of Walk, Talk, Listen. Good day, everybody. This is uh, yet another um, episode of the podcast about church fault service. And um, I'm really delighted because although he I, he's never worked for church fault service, basically he was one of church fault service always. Um, and that's Roland. And, and he will introduce himself uh, as we always do. Roland. Sure. Thank you, Maurice. So, I'm Roland Fernandez, and currently my role is General Secretary of the General Board of Global Ministries uh, of the United Methodist Church, uh, which effectively means I'm the CEO of the organization responsible for the global work of the United Methodist Church. Uh, I've been involved, as Maurice said, with Church for Service for a very long time, probably goes back, I think, uh, somewhere in the late 90s, uh, because of my work through UMCOR, the United Methodist Committee on Relief, which is one of the close partners and actually one of the community members uh, as part of the United Methodist Church with Church World Service. And so I've been involved as a, sub, uh, as a partner through funding arrangements. I've been on the board, just got off the board after I think 12 or 13 years. I've been the treasurer for most of that period of time and also have just been a colleague and friend with many of the people who work the, the great people who work at Church World Service. So it's been a great journey. And uh, so I'm delighted to be able to talk to you, Maurice, about uh, reflections on Church World Service. Yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, and you're one of those board members that uh, were also part of a transition where Church World Service went from a representative board to a skills based board. So that was, yeah, I mean, a lot of work needed to be done there as well. And, and uh, no, I think Church World Services are. You should be very grateful for everything that you have done over, over the years. Do you um, still remember the first time that you heard about Church World Service? Yeah, so if the question is what I heard about Church World Service, yeah, probably it was, I don't remember the first time specifically, but I was, you know, fairly new to the job and I was very confused between Church World Service and National Council of Churches. Of course, at that time they were one, they were one. And so I, it took me some time to, I mean, figure out what was church for service and what was national council of churches. And, uh, but that was probably, it was again, very early in my work from maybe 97 around that time, because we were, I was responsible for as controller for United Methodist Committee on Relief, which used to, you know, provide a certain amount of funding every year to the church for service component. And uh, so I, was, that's when I first heard the name. 
but uh, I think what my I really began to get more involved, uh, I think when I started uh, serving on the board, uh, which was I think in the mid 2000s, I really began to really get a much better understanding of church world service and what it did. So. Mm. And and can you tell us what do you like about uh, the work of church world service? Well, that's uh, not an easy question. So let me say this. Um, mm. When I first started getting involved at the board level, uh, and I began to get more involved as a member of the audit committee, the ANF committee, administration and finance committee, and I was the member first. Um, I, I was just impressed by the way everything seemed to be organized. You know, uh, I came from an organization which was larger, but there was a lot of complexity and things were not as clear to me at least at that point in time. But seeing, uh, you know, the, the work that church was services doing, the finances was, was fairly simple, but it was in terms of how it was presented, but some of the presentations, the, even the whole pieces around develop, fund development and things like that, which I was relatively new to at the time. I, I was just impressed by just overall, a lot of the things that were being presented to the ANF committee, to the board uh, in a very, uh, seemed to be in a more comprehensive picture than I was aware in the own organization that I was in. So that was really what uh, impressed me initially. I would say, and of course, over the next decade and a half, I got to learn a lot more of the intricacies and what's behind it, but it was still, um, some of those first meetings were quite impressive and I, I really enjoyed being there, apart from meeting people from different different other ecumenical bodies and you know, uh, communions. It was just a great experience in my first experiences in the Board of Church World Service. Yeah, and the fact that you, that you just talked about you know, that you were confused in the beginning about National Council of Churches and, and Church World Service, of course. You know, one of those people that already worked with Church World Service when they were still part of, uh, the organization was still part of the National Council of Churches. So you have you have seen and experienced the whole split. And then also later on, the uh, you know, the, the way uh, Church World Service started to organize the board. Um, so... Yeah, and if we talk about seventy-five years of church world service, you have been part of many of those, of those years. It's uh, it's pretty um, incredible. So besides, you know, the fact that you have been the treasurer for a long time, um, as well as involved with support of the of church world service work, because you know you you work for one of the uh, member uh, communions, right? Has there been other ways that you had been involved as well? So I, I would say one of the interesting things for me is that as I worked with, you know, part of the board of global ministries that I work with uh, is United Methodist Committee of Relief, on Relief. It's a separate, it's a separate entity, but it's part of global ministries. But its work was in some ways similar to church world service. And so I really began to look creatively for places where maybe we could work together and not have to overlap, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, uh, the whole work around migration uh, that that church world service has done, global migration and initially refugee work and then into migration uh, was something which, uh, again, we slowly got out of so that we would really do that work through church world service without having to sort of duplicate it because you had a much better church world service had a much better infrastructure and capacity and potential. And even till today, we're in the process of approving another significant grant uh, from our board, hopefully later this month, to really work through church world service. I, I began to look for places where we can 
sort of uh, you know work together without having to duplicate some efforts. That was one thing I really um, really really began to look at. And then of course I you know apart from serving on the board, I um, was obviously a member of the executive committee and uh, the ANF committee and the treasurer. I worked very closely with Joanne Rendell, of course, who I've known as a friend for many years now, who's in, mm-hmm. in my opinion, an excellent CFO and worked with her. And um, I was also involved in the search process for the the recent search process to replace uh, John McCullough. And, and so I was very involved in that. So it was just a, a long time. And there are probably other things that I'm not remembering now that I was mm-hmm. probably engaged in because of my long tenure. And and of course, you know, sort of being in this transition from uh, what was a representative board to a more, what we would call a skills-based board, to use the words you said, uh, that was not an easy transition to. Mm-hmm. And no. so I was... Um, I was really, uh, I thought it was, an, it was a way of privilege to be on both of the boards for almost equal time, because I think I was about, uh, what, 2000, I don't remember the new board come in 2012, or was it after that? I, can't um, I don't know exact, the exact yeah, dates. Yeah, but well. it, was, it was a few years. It was at least, yeah. I think, six years or seven years. And I was also about six, seven years in the old board. So it was, it was, I was able to really sort of transition between these two different periods and um, give me good insight into you know, the differences between or the benefits and, you know, what we gained, what we may have lost a bit of things like that. So that was a very interesting experience. And to have been the treasurer to all this time, which, you know, was uh, has been uh, not an easy role. I mean, the finances have always been uh, something that we have to have had to keep an eye on in spite of Joanne's great work. So I think that has been, it was a great, uh, it took a lot of, it took a lot of uh, engagement and I was very engaged. You know, I've served on a few other boards, but I think mm-hmm. Church Service was much, which really captivated my attention and interest. And as you know, well, you know, over the years, I think I, I think I was fairly dedicated board member to the work and mission. And I'm today even in a different role, of course. Yeah. And, and, I mean, just just a quick remark from my side, you know, um, it, you know, when you when you talk about the representative board and skills based for board, it it's in a way also not fair because it almost sounds like that the previous board did not have <laughs> skills, and sure. that's definitely not not uh, the, the issue. But but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, um, because we we had some excellent um, uh, 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 an excellent board before. Uh, we changed the direction as well. I mean, the fact that uh, the board at that time thought, you know, a church world service needs another type of board that alone mm-hmm. um, required a lot of work and a lot of strategic thinking and a vision. So so uh, I think a lot of, of kudos to you and, and the rest of, of that particular board, um, because I know it was not, that was not uh, easy. Um I would like, you know, we were talking a little bit about 75 years. Um, Church World Service at one moment was also celebrating its 50 years. And then this particular book was made. And um, it says, Church World Service, 50 years of help and hope. So um, if you would be asked to, to make a book about 75 years of Church World Service, what keywords would you use in the title? 
Well, uh, I would use the word together would be one word I would use because I think, mm-hmm. you know, church for services uniqueness is because of all the member communions that it brings together in its membership. And again, you know, we can always talk about how engaged the different communions are or not. But mm-hmm. besides that point, but I think it's a very unique thing that we have, you know, 37 or whatever the number is today, I'm not sure, different communions that are involved. But I think the word I would use is together because I think it does bring people across. Uh, and even as even as the board has evolved and now to a different board, we still come from very different backgrounds and bring a lot of different perspectives. Mm-hmm. So I, I would really like to use the word together and would be one word would be uh, important. And hope, of course, is another word which is really relevant, always relevant, because I think uh, if you look around what's really happening in the world, sometimes you almost don't want to have hope. But if you don't have hope, then it's not worth doing what we do if you don't have the hope that we can make that difference. And so I think together, mm-hmm. hope or hopeful would be two words that that come up for me uh, mm-hmm. that I would say, you know, I think that's, um, you know, um, you know, another word I would also use is uh, maybe, I don't know, the word is resilience or not. It's the right word, but I think mm-hmm. the adaptability that Church World Services had over these 70 plus years to keep, mm-hmm. 75 years to keep adapting and shifting uh, to what the reality and what the needs are. And mm-hmm. not only are you, and not only has Church also had to adapt to the reality of the world around us, it had to adapt to the reality of its communion, its members, and, mm-hmm. and, and that changing scenario. So, it, so adapting on several different fronts. And so I think that, uh, and each of the communions are experiencing their own shifts and own change mm-hmm. at this moment in time. So, so just multiple levels to be able to adapt and adjust to what the needs are and, uh, and all the different complexities that go into each of the communions and uh, also managing the different, uh, you know, the communions we range from a whole lot of theological perspectives to, which are mm-hmm. members, that's another whole piece. So a lot of uh, adapting maybe is a word or, flexibility or resilience or whatever the word is. Those are words which come up for me is uh, well. And not, I mean, I think as much as we know that it's not been an easy journey, I think Churchwell Services continue to remain in the forefront of some of the key issues of our time. And that's been mm-hmm. really important. You know, I think it's still remained relevant. That's the most important thing, not just adapting to stay to survive, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. adapting to stay relevant. And I think that's definitely something that the church post service has been able to do. I think. Okay. Yeah. I like that together hope in adapting and, and staying relevant. Um, when we talk about that, you know, that journey, um, the way I often describe church world service is, you know, it started as a U.S. Um, ecumenical Christian organization that slowly uh, over the years have, you know, evolved into a global interfaith uh, body. If, if you hear me say that and describe that, do you agree with me? And if so, why? And um, if you don't agree, can you also please explain, uh, you know, why you see it differently? You know, I guess the the question would be what's, what perspective are we looking at it from, right? So if I look at it from the governance point of view or the sort of the membership point of view, then I'm not sure that 
inside would say, and not, that would not be the description I would use. It'll be a little bit modified from that, because you know we are still, uh, in terms of our member communions, are all church-related communions, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I would say that. However, um, I think the work that the church was services done, the way it has operated on the practical level, the way it's, I think it is definitely. It's probably even more than interfaith, I would say, perhaps. You know, I think I don't think church for service has ever discriminated in how it has served, where it has reached, you know, who it is looking at, the populations, the beneficiaries, um, the partners. I don't think it has it has discriminated on any form, whether it's faith, non-faith, you know, Christian or non-Christian. So I think definitely being a global interfaith would be easily a very fair description of the agency, I would say. And um, and I think if interfaith has any kind of perception of only faith, I think it's even beyond that, right? Because I think we don't mm-hmm. necessarily at whose faith is what and who no. we serve. Mm-hmm. So, so I think uh, it's definitely transcended all those, um, you know, all those kind of um, divisions or markers, so to speak, into some really being someone which has been very universal, uh, universal in how its outreach has been. So, mm-hmm. And is that a good thing that that happened, according to you? Yeah, I think it's definitely a good thing. Uh, I think it's, I mean, because even even no matter, I mean, any of the any of us, whether we are in the church or not church, if we have uh, working in the humanitarian sector, I mean, I don't know how we discriminate against anyone, how we create, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we have to be very, uh, you know, very aware of our calling, which has to has to really basically to alleviate suffering, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And so no matter who is suffering, we should do that. I mean, the one question for me has always been the whole question about uh, uh, the, um, the governance question mm-hmm. and around, not only the governance, not, not so much governance, more the membership question, you know, the membership of the communions and church world service. And what does that really mean? And that's a, con- a continually evolving piece because as mm-hmm. we have known, the mainland denominations, the United States are all struggling with their own declining memberships, what does it mean for them? And consequently, what does it mean for church world service? The uniqueness of, in some ways, was being, being the humanitarian agency, which sort of represented so many of, of the majority of the Protestant communions in the United States. It was a very unique place that church world service has, mm-hmm. had and, probably, and still has, in, in, you know. But um, what the role of the communions themselves are in the changing scenario of the United mm-hmm. States itself obviously has shifted and consequently it shifts, you know, the impact on church world service. So, so I think that, but that's still a unique niche, which I hope that, you know, uh, so for me, it's important that even though we have our own humanitarian organization in the Methodist church, we continue to work significantly with church world service, but I think it's important not to lose this whole ecumenical connection at that level, mm-hmm. you know, for what it is worth. Though I also think that, you know, if, it is not the end of the world if that's not the way it is in the long run. But mm-hmm. it's something unique that uh, I think does matter and it has a certain attractability to it in that sense. Mm-hmm. What do you like to say or what do you want to wish for uh, church world service? Well, I would... And I would want to wish that church world service will continue to be 
led and be effective and relevant to help alleviate suffering in this world as it has been doing for 75 years. That will continue to be relevant mm -hmm. and led in that way so that it is relevant uh, and continues to make the impact it has made in so many different unique ways in its 75 year history. And that's my wish for it. Uh, but, uh, and much as I would wish for it to be in existence for many more years, mm -hmm. that will, if it's relevant, it will exist for many more years. Mm -hmm. And if it's not relevant, it will, and that's why I wish for it to continue to be relevant on the cutting edge of the major issues that are facing our time. And, and like I used the words earlier, mm -hmm. continue to be adaptable and flexible to what the needs are, uh, both of, uh, of those who are in, those who are suffering. Okay. Hey, well, you, you also know that in, uh, because you've been part of that discussion as, you know, trying to uh, be focused on that staying relevant and, and uh, how to connect with a younger audience uh, as well. And, and that's, you know, still a kind of a struggle for us. Um, Church World Services has gone through this branding uh, discussion and and part of the branding and it's not only as you know that's not only uh, the discussion is part of the branding but part of that discussion um, we have had and we are having a discussion in terms of a name change a possible name change um, you know what what is your opinion about that if that would happen um... yes you know it's a very good question and i was part of some of those conversations as you mm -hmm. well know and you and i have talked about it as well um, and I, you know, I think the, I think it's important to be relevant and to be relevant, the name church world service might not be the best thing at this necessarily to reach a wider audience. Mm -hmm. Not might not, I think it will not. I mean, I think it's very clear. So, you know, and so for me, the, for me, the question is not so much what the new name is. Mm -hmm. It is how do we make sure that we keep that connection for those that the old name matters. They know this is the new name, mm -hmm. right? But, and that the new name, because, you know, I think I realized because I've been involved in a couple of other naming processes mm -hmm. for other organizations, a couple of other organizations. And one we did very swiftly and I currently chair that board. You know, and I, as I was thinking this through, it just struck me also that no matter what the name is, I mean, of course you want to have a name which makes sense, mm -hmm. but no matter what the name is, it's what you do that will matter. Mm -hmm. If what you're doing is really effective, then I think the name will will get its own, you know, will 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 continue to be used. So I so I think the as long as the name is not something which is totally out of this world, maybe it needs to be out of this world to be remembered. Also, who knows? But I just think as long as the name is fairly okay. So I, you know, obviously my thinking on that has evolved over time, mm -hmm. uh, and I also do know because again I'm obviously. Uh, I'm not sure how I would categorize myself in an age group, but I'm in an, you know, I've been around a long time. And so I'm in around a group of people whom church for service meant something, you know, mm -hmm. CWS meant something. And it's a name which has got buy-in and cachet in many mm -hmm. of these places. But as we know also that that group of people obviously are going to fade away over time. And, you know, what is the relevance for a new generation of younger people? And so it, whatever name that we go to, and I think it's probably makes sense to look at a new name, as long as we make sure that it's communicated well and it is, you know, people understand mm -hmm. a little bit of that, and there is some sort of, uh, uh, yeah, I think that as long as people understand that connection, mm -hmm. I think it's okay. But I do think that um, 
almost every organization who's trying to be relevant today is looking at new names uh, mm -hmm. for, for whatever reasons. But I think, um, yeah, and in some in some cases, you know, um, uh, so I think because again, I think uh, for the for the younger generations and newer generations, the name like Church World Service might be a little bit more, uh, maybe less attractive for mm -hmm. sure than something new. So I'm, I think considering a new name is not a bad thing. Uh, and again, that's uh, you know as long as it's it's thought it's thought through and then you know decisions are made. But if the work continues to be as effective, then the name mm -hmm. will follow the work. You know, mm -hmm. I don't think uh, that would be a loss that you if that is if that's the case. You know what I mean? Is there um an anecdote or an experience, a memory, which uh, best or which well describes your time with CWS, something that you experienced. Can be a happy thing, can be a sad thing. It's, it's, uh... For me, um, you know, I think if I'm looking at my own experiences, then, uh, my personal experience, I think I would be too, I would lift up. I think, you know, it was um, uh, the meetings that we had at the Capitol, in the US Capitol, you know, a couple of times with different yeah. senators, mm -hmm. that, you know, the previous time and one maybe last year. And just to be able to, uh, just to be able to uh, see the, impact that church world service was able to have like to bring senators and to meet with the board members and to speak it was mm -hmm. just uh, it, it showed the the reach of church world service for me and that was uh, mm -hmm. it was a, it was a very positive thing that many of the senate, uh, uh, senators or congressmen whoever they were did know about church world service some of them knew quite a bit about it and made some statements that showed that they were not just you know, so it was that was that was one thing which i i will remember pretty effectively the other one also for me has been the ability to engage with so many different uh, people uh, at the boards meetings that I've been over the years, you know, who were passionate about church world service. Mm -hmm. And it is, you know, and church world service is a unique animal, if I might use that word, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's, it doesn't belong to a denomination. It's not necessarily a true NGO. It's just got this. And so, to, so you have to, Almost, you know, you have to uh, know it to like it or like it to know it or whatever you want to call it. And so the, the, the passion that I saw from some of the members who mm -hmm. care deeply about the work, uh, that would be the second thing I would say. And then the third thing I would say is, not because I'm talking to you, but just the staff. I always enjoyed working with the staff at Church World Service. Mm -hmm. It was just uh, the professionalism, the, uh, the spirit of which they came to work around was just great. And... Uh, that's more than I miss that more than anything else because mm. you know, I, I I grew to you know know and like um, uh, you know all of you and uh, but but it just it's beyond knowing and liking it's just what the staff brought to the table mm. was always uh, something I really uh, so these are the three things that for me uh, I would say I mean you asked me for one I gave you three or something things <laughs> I just you know but but it's but, great but yeah. I but I just wanted to say that because again yeah. I you know I work on other boards. But I don't have the same comparisons on these three things that I shared with you. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thanks, thanks for that. Um, and I, I would like to—it's—it's it's maybe in the same kind of area, but I would like to to hear a name from you. Um, 
if you if I'm asking you for a name of a colleague, a partner, or a supporter of CWS, who best embodies from your point of view what CWS is about, who will you name and why? Um, well, for me, for me, probably, um, I guess, I mean, I could name a few people, but I would, I'll probably talk, say Joanne Rendell would be the person I would name again. Of course, firstly, I worked with her so closely as CFO mm -hmm. and I'm in the treasurer for so many years. But I mean, as you know, Joanne, well, I think the, the spirit with which she works, the, the passion, the intensity, the dedication and the care that she brings to her work and uh, it's just a huge calling for her. So for me, that's why I would say, uh, and you know, it was, not, it was not easy because there were times, of course, as you know, even getting the payroll done was a challenge and mm -hmm. that, but always the spirit with which she tried to approach things, uh, I just thought was, uh, was a true gift and uh, I have greatest respect for her. And so uh, I could name others too, but if you want one person and probably because I worked with her the longest and the closest and, uh, and we went through a lot of things over these years, Mm -hmm. uh, she does embody the spirit of churchful service in a, in a true way, really cares and loves the organization. I know that. I, I think the whole world is, is uh, looking at, at racial justice and, um, you know, from the moment that churchful service was established in 1946, uh, racial injustice was already part of, of the world, unfortunately. Um, and then it had maybe peaks in terms of, of uh, attention. Um, if you think about the role of, of CWS in fighting injustice and specifically racial injustice, um, do you think the organization has done a, you know, a good job, uh, a so-so job? What 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 have been what are your kind of reflections on that? And I am asking this because I think it's it's important for an organization to to use these type of moments to look back and how can we improve our work further, both as an organization but also in our programs and the way we uh, deal with each other as as colleagues and staff and partners. I think that's uh, no. I mean, obviously, it's a very relevant question for today. I think there are different ways that you could look at it. Maybe let's start with the level of governance, the board, the diversity of the board, you know, how diverse we were. Uh, and I think that has always been a value for social service. I always think there was a lot of diversity on the board. And when that time, so and since I've had such a long tenure, so I can say this in, at a couple of times when there were not, those imbalances were very quickly restored. So I think, uh, so on a board level, I think there was always diversity of race, gender, uh, ethnicity that was looked at. So I think it was the value that was very important to churchful service. Mm. I think on the staffing as well, I think uh, there was always, this work was happening for a long time. I mean, for, um, you know, many years now, even before DEI became a big thing, it was something which was already there with churchful service. So I think that's something which was happening there. I guess the question then comes, you know, in terms of outreach and work, what, where was churchful service in this area? And I think the important question is, you know, the whole issue of racial injustice is such a wide issue. 
and what is the niche that each one of us has to deal with? Because you know, obviously, it's a broad issue, and the more people talk about it broadly, the less they are doing because it just it's so broad, right? And so, because in many ways, I think some of the work that you know that um, the the whole question of racial injustice obviously creates you know the imbalances create more and more vulnerable communities. And I think by the work that Church for Service has been doing, we have been obviously reaching out to those communities which need the help. Which also, so in some ways, it has been, it's not an, non-existent in terms of the outreach. Even the whole question of global migration and issues like that, of course, all, a lot of that is connected to race as well. But that, so that I would say, you know, so I, I wouldn't fault the organization and say, well, we have not done anything much in this area. Uh, the question is, what more can we do, right? Is there mm-hmm. more that we can do to address these systemic issues? I mean, do we have the voice? Mm-hmm. Do we have the leverage, as I think at times we do as an organization, to speak out on these issues, advocate, or make an impact? So um, obviously, I think uh, it is something that every organization has to look at critically and see what it is doing practically to address it. Because talking about it, we can all talk about it as you know, it's it's a, it's a thing that many people talk about today, but what are we actually doing around that? So I, so to answer your question, uh, whether church for service has done enough, I wouldn't say, no, it hasn't done enough up to where we are, because I don't know what else could have been done. It was not necessarily a primary focus in some ways directly, but indirectly, I think the work does impact, you know, a lot of kind of communities of color uh, in, in, in our work that we do. Mm-hmm. However, uh, you know, the, uh, the changing scenario and opportunity that it provides, and because of church for service uniqueness, again, and where it sits, are there possibilities and initiatives that church for service can take up that can attract people from a wider spectrum because of where church world service sits or CWS sits today and to do something about this on a more, uh, on a bigger scale. You know, for example, I know there's this meeting which is happening next week, uh, being called by church world service and MCC around the whole issue of, you know, the of global migration and related to that, which also happened four years ago, I think in 2017 or something like that mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. So, I mean, is, is that, a place that church for service is ready to go to in terms of you know taking a more uh, um, aggressive position around the issue of racial injustice in this country, um, and but I think it has to be done in partnership with a lot of others because that will be give it more impact because on its own there's only so much any of us can do. So I mean it's an interesting question. I think there could be a lot of traction for that, a lot of interest in that to really try to help tackle these pieces because we know that as much as people are talking about it, there are others talking against it and trying to work mm-hmm. against it, as you know, to despite, to even even as you know, I think you may have followed like here in Georgia, they uh, you know passed this new voting laws yesterday or this week, which is going to significantly restrict uh, primarily people of color, African Americans from voting, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the next election because obviously they were concerned with the high turnout that mail balloting, the absentee balloting allowed. So it's just very unfortunate that we there are continued steps to continue to push uh, to push us backwards in this area. Mm-hmm. So we need we need to take steps forward, and perhaps church world service could, you know, 
be a significant player in that fight along with other partners who would be interested in doing that with them hmm. so it's really worth some creative thinking if the if the organization so so wants to it could uh, it could make a it could be quite effective i would mm-hmm. say given the outreach that it does have uh, and i know we've specialized in certain sectors but i think this work is important it's really important at this time uh, it's a huge crisis that we're all facing mm-hmm. Yeah, no th- thanks for that uh in- insight uh, Roland. I I I um yeah, I, you know, as an interviewer I try to to listen but I I <laughs> I will say my my two cents here. I I I uh, I, I think I not I think I I totally agree with you and and I think it's it's uh, it can be so that goes beyond the US and of course you know as you, exactly. because we are living in the US you know, we are focused very often on on this country and a lot needs to happen but similar issues are uh, happening in different ways and, and you know uh, I was yesterday on the, on the webinar you know in Indonesia it's it's uh, it's also there you know it's it's about uh, Jakarta against eastern uh, you know people are living in east indonesia uh, who are darker skinned and you know in, in india you have the caste system right which is uh, so there are a lot of injustices out there where we because of our position definitely can can play a role and and uh, and therefore what is important is to look back and you know are there certain situations in history where we could have done more and that will help us then to uh, to be stronger in our actions uh, you know in in the future um so actually we are slowly at the end of our conversation so, so thank you so much for your for your time um and insight and sharing of your experiences is there any are there any last um you know words for for um yeah i think uh, you know probably it's uh, it's Thank you for this opportunity Maurice it's great to be able to reflect a bit you know it's so often life is so fast these days mm. i don't so to reflect back on my time and tenure and brought back some memories and uh, you know it probably will be appropriate for me to to end by just saying um that um, i just want to you know uh, congratulate john macala on his uh, tenure as uh, the ceo and president for a long time I knew John before that is work at the United Methodist Board of Global Ministries we were colleagues at that time and then you know John left and you know joined Church World Service and it was again great to have worked with him for so many years uh, on the board and as treasurer on the executive committee and uh, in a strange way you know his time with the ending and my time ending almost similarly it's kind of an interesting coincidence and so I just uh, want to congratulate him wish him the best in his retirement and also you know applaud the work he did i think he was a visionary or is a visionary leader and i think the good thing that he did was really bring good people around him and that's what really enabled church for service to be as successful as it was of course with his vision but also having the right people around to contribute and execute what was the vision for the agency i just wanted to end probably by just again by just saying uh thank you to john and wishing him all the best in his retirement or whatever he does next i don't mm-hmm. really totally retire but whatever he does next yeah. okay thanks thanks roland thank you so much
Okay. Yes. Bye bye. Bye bye. Do you see you? Do you see me? Will you be the eyes so that we all can be? Thank you for listening to Walk, Talk, Listen. Please check us out on 100mile.org or follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you want to know more about Churchfold Service, please go to cwsglobal.org.